Hello. <laughs> Yay. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you. Excellent. All good. I'm, I'm excited uh, to do this. I'm excited too. I'm I'm quite tired from from the day we just went back to school today after the, you know, the long week <laughs> and uh first day back is always tragic. <laughs> But I'm here. I'm here. We're doing this. <laughs> so welcome to the podcast, Change for the Better, the power of arts in education. I'm Stacey Tiro, a high school performing arts teacher for over 25 years. I've taught a lot of amazing people. Now that so many of my students are adults, they'll teach me how, through the lessons in my classroom, they have been changed for the better. Today, we are with episode 11. I can't believe this is 11 that we're doing here. It's crazy. Um, speaking of crazy, this person that I'm looking at here was the first freshman to be cast in uh, our, I think it was our first production of Crazy for You. We had done two over the years, but this was the first. Uh, at the time, we were a three-year high school that were just going into a four-year high school. So she was like the first freshman class in our building. And so thus, she was the first freshman to be cast in a musical, which is very exciting. Nice little tidbit. Uh, then she did Guys and Dolls and Anything Goes and Kiss Me Kate. And she was sort of one of my diva dancers, you know, that developed over the years. She wound up being my dance captain for her junior and her senior year for her last two shows. And I have had the pleasure of observing her grow into a confident, um, organized, responsible young woman into an older young woman. <laughs> um, and I've been really happy to be a part of the different facets of this evolution into her adulthood. Um, so she, when she was back in high school, she really helped me to build the strong foundation of dance at Spring Valley High School that, you know, we've kind of become known for. Um, and it was, it was kids like her and she took dance very seriously and she still does actually but she helped to create the mold for the future classes uh, that came in year after year after year. You know, this was kind of the foundation. Um, I'll let her tell you when she graduated. <clears throat> was, <laughs> we're going back. We're going back. Now she is uh, married and she's working as a video producer for an advertising agency. She's like kind of important in that way. Um, and she is using her hefty leadership and organizational skills to lead her own production teams now, which is like very, very cool. Um, so we're going to like head right into question number one, easiest question of the day, which is what is your name and the year you graduated and give me more about what you do now. So my name is Hillary Jarzinski. Uh, and I graduated in 2003, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be 19 years ago. I know. Ew. <laughs> and I 
am a video producer for an advertising agency. So I produce TV commercials, social media campaigns, photography, basically like if you've seen it, my hands have probably touched it in some way, shape or form. Yeah. She's kind of important in that way. Can you reveal the the name of your, of your company? Yeah. Yeah, so I work for, it gets complicated, but I work for a company that's called Link9, which is basically the production hub for all of Omnicom Health Group. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I remember you used to do like, like, like medical commercial kind of things. Is that still in your wheelhouse? Yeah, that's still in the wheelhouse. Mm. Um, and so basically, like, there are like nine or 10 agencies within this like umbrella like group and I can produce content for any of them. So yeah, it, I work on all different brands, all different, you know, like medications, healthcare stuff. It's, it's, there's a lot. You, you create the pretty stuff for them. So I that, do. So that we buy that stuff. Exactly. I see. <laughs> so yes, that's a very grown up thing to do. Um, okay. So let's, uh, let's start by, by looking back. So I want you to use your adult brain to describe your adolescent self. Okay. All right. So mm. this is probably still true today, mm -hmm. but I think even back then I was an introverted extrovert mm -hmm. in the sense that like I make friends very easily, like I'm very social, but at the same time I have to be comfortable with you in order to like really come out of my shell. Mm -hmm. And I think that was even probably more the case when I was in high school, but mm -hmm. that still applies somewhat now. Sure, sure. sure. Um, and I was definitely insecure, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of high school kids are insecure. What teenagers aren't insecure? <laughs> that, that's the thing that I, I'm trying to bring out is that everybody who I speak to in this podcast um has some sort of insecurity about something and mm -hmm. it's just like across the board so many threads just run through each person i i want i want adolescents now to know that you know they're not alone and they even when you're an adult and you you know you'll grow out of some of these insecurities yeah. but but they're, you're, we're human beings and we do feel insecure about, you know, a lot of things. We just learn how to manage it when we get older. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so now at the time when you were in high school, we didn't have the dance studio like we nope. have now. That came in about 2005, a couple, just a couple of years after you graduated. But, and, and when we were rehearsing or we were doing dance classes, it was in the gym, which was like right next to where <laughs> basketball and volleyball was being played. <laughs> so it was, uh, we've definitely grown from those times. And, and I think we did play rehearsals like in the theater. Like we, we did play rehearsals in the theater or in the music room if the theater room theater was being used. Right. If crew was working, we would <laughs> flip into the right, right, right. So um, when I say the studio, I'm talking any place where <laughs> where you did these artistic things, whether it was the dance classes or rehearsals. OK, so if you can bring back something that happened in the studio 
that helped you to manage or to regulate your adolescent self? And it doesn't have to be like one thing that happened. It can be a little bit more generalized if you can't think of one specific thing. So this may not answer the question, but like, because I grew up dancing and I was like, you know, by the time I was in high school, I was in like all the advanced classes and with like other peers who were just better dancers than I was. And they were also like the ideal dancer body type, which I was not, I'm still not. <laughs> um, and so I think like being in the studio and being able to actually like excel and like be be one of the like better dancers actually like helped me like grow very confident because I didn't, I wasn't getting that like in like dance class. I was getting that like being in thespians and like learning how, like what my limitations were like in dance versus like what I could do, you know, in the theater. Yeah. You were valued there in, yeah. a, in a greater way. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very true because, you know, when you're, <clears throat> when you're directing a, a, in a high school where there's not a lot of people with training, you know, with private training, which that's where, where we are. Um, anyone who has, who brings to the table, any sort of training, I'm just like, yeah, come on, <laughs> bring it on. And so it was really quite a gift to me. And, and not only to have like your skill and your training and your, your performance quality, but also your brain, because you had one of those like steel trap memories to hold on to choreography so that, you know, I would put something out there. And, you know, if I go, oh gosh, what was that? You're like, Brrr. I'm like, there, what she did. See, she remembers. Still like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the, the really cool thing about that is that once you graduated and you went to college and you came back and you were looking for dance opportunities, I was, I was teaching, this is for anybody who's watching, I was teaching uh, a private tap classes in, in a local studio. And Hillary was like, hey, can I, can I come and take class? I'm like, yeah, sure, bring it on. So for years, you know, she would come into the class with me and then like the teenagers. And so she was like the, you know, the older person in the teenage class, which was incredible. And then eventually she wound up like subbing for me. If I was like, Hillary, I can't, I can't come in for X, Y, Z. I'm like, could you sub for me? And she's like, yeah, no problem. And then eventually she wound up like teaching her own classes. So it, it all kind of came full circle, which was really, it was great for me yeah. to see that, that transition and, you know, how, how, um, confident she was, she was able to bring that confidence to the table in an educational way. Yeah. And I loved, like, I think being part of thespians in general, like it really taught me like before that I was a dancer, but I wasn't necessarily a performer. And I think having that confidence, like being one of the, like, relied upon dancers like gave me the confidence to actually perform too mm -hmm. and that like also resonated through college and it resonated like you know a lot of you know 20 something year olds probably would have been intimidated going into a class with a bunch of teenagers and I just didn't care because no. like I <laughs> no just did it and I remember they would they would look at the like what is she doing okay is she, her feet okay okay good <laughs> like if she's she, <laughs> doing like her okay we're good <laughs> yeah 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 um, all right, let's, let's move on to question number four. So what are some of the lessons that you learned in, 
in the studio, right? Um, at Spring Valley that you think about or that you use today, you brought into your adulthood? I think there's two. Mm -hmm. The first is like, so is pay it forward. So when I was, you know, when I was the first freshman in the musical, like I legitly, there were no other freshmen in there and it was mostly seniors. And they all kind of just like took me under their wing and they were kind of like this protective shield of people who were like, if you mess with her, you have to mess with us. And like, you know, these were, some of these people were very popular in school. So it was, I learned to like do that for like the next group of freshmen and like that came in like after us because like I felt the need that like these people took care of me, like I should do the same thing for people that are also coming in. And I feel like I did. (laughs) Oh, you did. Uh, And then the other thing is, is that like, you really trusted me in terms of like my junior and senior year when I was dance captain, you would be like, here's like four counts of eight, go choreograph something. Or like, I distinctly remember one time you told me to go teach Trang how to be cute. (laughs) (laughs) And I think like your trust in me gave me trust in myself that I could do those things. Yeah. I find that all the way through today where kids don't trust themselves. They don't understand that, you know, that they have gifts that they can rely upon. They can be relied upon. Um, so when I, when I, you know, give them little, little bits like that, they're like, I'm like, shut up and go, just go, you can do this, go, you know? And, and I think a lot of that was when, you know, when I was learning how to become a teacher, cause I didn't go to school originally to become a teacher. I was going to be a performer. And, you know, at some point you find yourself in front of a classroom and you're like, well, now I got to produce something, <laughs> you know, I, I, and so you, you have no choice, but to rely on yourself to say, I, I have the creativity and I have the leadership and I have the organizational skills. I have all of these things. Now I just have need to have to like apply it and do something with it. And so since that was such a valuable thing for me, I was like, well, that's valuable for anybody. Anybody can benefit from that. So, and it, it was really beneficial. Like as like this insecure teenager who was like trying to find out who she was to like know there was an adult that trusted me. And I also think like, and I didn't know it at the time, but it also like kind of paved the way for me to learn how to teach. Mm-hmm. So that when I was teaching dance, like I had the confidence to do it. I also, you know, watched you do it and like learned a lot from watching you teach too. <laughs> um, but I think know I was going to teach dance for like you know five six seven years but I think that that was probably like the start of me knowing that I could do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah sometimes it, you just got to get thrown to the wolves and hope for the best but then when it works and they listen to you you're like oh <laughs> I have a little authority here well, let's just keep going see if we can make them happy and and laugh and smile and do some really <laughs> cool creative things yeah so how do you think that you have changed since you graduated from high school? I'm a hundred percent confident. Like I'm just like, I know who I am and like, I don't really care if you like me or don't like me. Like this mm-hmm. is who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And like, I was not like that in high school. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I mean, I was independent in high school, but now I'm like uber independent. Like 
it takes a lot for me to like ask for help because I have like this need to do everything on my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that, that independence comes from experience. It comes from being trusted. It comes from trying things out. And when you're just starting out in high school, that's, um, <laughs> you don't always have those opportunities, you know, coming in, but I think the value of, you know, being in the arts, because there are so many different roles in the arts, different places where you can find your niche and fit in, mm-hmm. um, you get those foundational experiences that inform you as a person of, you know, what you, what your value actually is. And it, and it, it's different for, for every kid. I think that's, what's so nice about it. It's so individualized that you can pull so much from the same project, pull, you know, hundreds of different things. Um, so I, I'm glad that that confidence came from those experiences for you. Yeah. And I think like in general, like, I think the arts are undervalued in the sense that like, they give a sense of purpose to like, even adults that like other things that are not artsy, like can't do. Like I, I, like I got good grades. Like I was, you know, I had a great GPA, but like, I never got like the self-satisfaction like that I did from the arts that like, I think that was backwards, but like I got more self-satisfaction from like doing art stuff. And that's why like what I do for a living is Mm arts-based than I ever did like learning, you know, algebra. That's the nice thing about, about, you know, theater. It's such a participatory thing. Like your whole, your whole body, your whole mind has to be a part of it, whether you're performing or you're, you know, on tech, like you're, you're, your whole being is like getting poured into a, a project that is that like something gets something happens out of it and then you know people clap and that makes you know adolescents feel really good <laughs> and so they keep coming back for more and i always feel bad for the seniors who like their first experience is like the spring of their their senior year and they're like <laughs> why didn't i find this thing before i'm like you weren't quite ready for it, I guess. I don't know. I wish I wish I could have had you as a freshman because look what we could have done for four years. But, um, you know, everybody finds it in their own time and they get out of it, you know, what they need. Uh, and it's, it's so, it's such an authentic way of learning about yourself and learning what you can do. So um, what, what would like adult Hillary today tell your high school self now to ease the way? I think like, and I'm sure other people have said this, but like, I think I would tell like high school me that like, it gets better. Like, not that, not that high school was bad. Like I had a great group of friends, like, you know, I had great experiences, but like, I think that, you know, how do I phrase this the right way? Mm-hmm. having the body type that I had still do like sometimes high school was rough and like it got better like in college after college like it just didn't matter as much anymore and I think like if I could tell my high school self that I think I would like have been less stressed <laughs> if that makes sense it's never gonna get any better yeah no it's true and and that is a thread 
whether it's body image or it's, you know, anything else that kids stress about, um, the, the message always has been coming back to, to me, like it's, it, it's not all that, or it's not that bad, or it's, it, you're not going to remember it like this, you know, when, when you're 10 years from now, which of course is hard for them to absorb when they're, you know, in the, in the yeah. moment. But I do feel if they could get the messaging, you know, in that moment that like, it's going to be okay. You're going to be good. And like, I mean, I'm totally dating myself, not that saying what year I graduated high school isn't dating myself, but like there was no social media. So like, I couldn't even imagine like the pressure that like high school students put on themselves now because there is social media. And like, I put like, I put so much pressure on myself and that didn't even exist. The social media piece is, is so, um, it's so big. Like it's so overwhelming and it takes up so much of their mental energy. I, I, I can't, I can't imagine being a teenager now. And I have two teenagers, you know, I, I can't <laughs> imagine. And, and one of them, like, she's like, I don't, she doesn't do the most of the social media. She thinks she's just like one thing that, that that's the only <laughs> thing that she does, but it, and, and the anxiety brains that are going on now. I mean, if, if people were anxious, you know, 10, 20 years ago, now it's just off the charts. And the social media has, I truly believe has made that go into a whole different universe than when, when we were growing up and I'm a bunch older than you. So, (laughs) (laughs) but, but not as much older as, as some of the later people that I've been (laughs) (laughs) interviewing it's like oh my god you're still babies now it's like hillary well you're not a baby anymore no (laughs) then it's all good all right so what is something that you're grappling with now what's something that you're struggling with now so like i'm sure a lot of people Mm -hmm. the pandemic like it was rough from like a mental perspective Mm-hmm. And like, I've had a really hard time probably over the last like six months to a year trying to like re-figure out who I am as a person because, you know, a lot of the things that I used to love, like I wasn't doing like a lot of like, as I said before, I'm a really social person. I wasn't seeing people. And so I've been sh- struggling is the right word mm-hmm. to like redefine who I am or refine to myself again and like all of the things that like make me me. Uh, I, I can, I can relate to that and not from the pandemic perspective, because honestly in the pandemic, I actually was able to find things about myself that I didn't really know were there. So like new things came out that I, I just, I didn't even know to be able to explore, um, until I had the time and space to do it. And like, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, going to work, going to the building every day. Um, and so I had a lot more, you know, downtime to go, okay, like, so what, else, what am I getting, what creative outlet am I going to do now? Um, but in terms of that redefining of yourself, you know, and it's, it's a thing as you get older too, it's not just because of the pandemic, but you get older, you get into different phases of your life and 
things shift, like mm-hmm. your perception of yourself shifts and, and like, you know, you're married and you're, you know, kind of early, early on in your marriage, but you know, that stuff shifts too. And then who you are in that relationship and your relationship yeah. to everything else and to your parents, like the whole thing, just, it's not static. And because you wind up saying, okay, well, who am I now? There's a lot of questions that come up <laughs> and it does, it, it does sometimes get a little, a little overwhelming. I can, I can see the struggle. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. Struggle is and real. like, I, I, I don't think I like realized it. Like, I think the pandemic kind of like heightened the like need to like figure out who I was again because like I've been like so focused on work and so focused on like my like friendships and like all these kinds of things that like I was like oh I'm not really doing the things that I used to really love to do mm-hmm. well and also I think in early on and I remember this like early on in your career it was kind of like about the climb like you were you were trying to like step into the next role and get, you know, get a bigger piece of, of the job. And then like, you got to a sort of a, 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 a position where you were like, ah, I have arrived. And then, then like when you're in that, ah, I have arrived place for a while, then it's like, am I still climbing? Like, what, what am yes, I here? yes. The struggle is real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine that. Well, so if you're, if you're mm, comparing, if you're comparing your high school self with your um, adult self, right? So can you tell me like one thing that you miss about your high school self and one thing that has like gotten better as your adult self? All right. I think like the thing I miss about my high school self is like, I like, the innocence of high school in a way like the like yes like high school is dramatic and there's all these hormones and you're like trying to figure out who you are but like at least back when I was in high school I think it's different now like a lot of what was happening in the world like was not like in my purview like it was just like I'm a high school student and like this is what I do and I sometimes miss that I'm not gonna lie Mm -hmm. um so that I think is like what I miss about being in high school mm-hmm. and I think like stuff that's better is like like I don't put up with a lot of like bs like <laughs> if like I don't like that's that that's who I am as a person and I probably put up with a lot of it in high school because like I didn't know how to like voice like my thoughts and like stand up for myself and I feel like that is something that I grew into as an adult is like learning to be like this is not okay this is why it's not okay like either apologize or like it's time to move on Uh, and it's funny because I I think you you definitely had that quality um that no bs (laughs) quality (laughs) but but it's almost like when you're a teenager you don't always feel like you have the authority to assert that um, but I, I definitely think it was always there. And you all often looked at, you know, situations and you were like, no, but like, you, maybe, <laughs> you, you know, you weren't able to like pursue yeah. that. Um, 
but I definitely think that that's that is who you are, man. Yes. <laughs> yep. I are. also just did like the producer 101 no no, which was knocked the table so that <laughs> makes the video shook. <laughs> that's okay. This is this is not a super uber professional thing here. <laughs> so that'll be okay. Um, okay. So now using that adult brain of yours. If you could give a piece or several pieces, some, some people have like one thing and then sometimes they say one thing and then they say like five other things. If you could give a piece of sage advice to high school students now, what would it be? All right, I have two. The first is um, you don't have to have it all figured out by the time you graduate. Like, I think a lot of people feel pressured to like know what they're going to major in and like know what they're going to do for the rest of their life. Like even before they've gotten to college or before they've, you know, whatever they decide to do in life. Yeah. And that's really like not the case. Like you, you have time to figure it out and you have time to like explore like what makes you happy and like what will make you happy as a career. That's true. Um, and then the other piece of advice is you're allowed to change your mind. So like, I know several people who are in the film and video program with me when I was in college and none of them still do film except for me. <laughs> like you are allowed to change your mind. And are they okay now? They are. They've all like, one's a teacher, one's a social worker. One does like computer tech and they're all happy. Yeah. I think that's one thing that I, I, I think every kid needs to understand that more times than not, like you're going to college. I mean, some people know exactly what they want and that's what they pursue and they move forward with that. But I think more times than not, you know, kids go to college for the discipline, for the social interaction, for you know, learning, like learning more how to learn in a deeper way um, so that, you know, you might get to the end of your degree program and decide, oh, well, I don't want to do that. But that gave me the skills to be able to pursue this other thing. And that's really what I want to do. And then you go on and get more education or you create a business or whatever it is that you're going to do. But the, it, it's true. Like, even in college, pick something to pursue, but then no, yeah, it, it's okay to do something different after that. And I also, it's like, okay for the plan to change. So like, I was definitely one of the kids who was like, I know exactly what I want to do with my life. And like, this is what I'm going to do. But like, I had to deviate from the plan in the sense that like, I always wanted to like work for Disney and be in like graphic arts and like animation. And like, I didn't get into the art programs anywhere. And so I was like, okay, well, how do I still achieve this goal? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to major in film and video. And that's like, that's what I did. So is Disney still an aspiration for you? Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to keep chasing that mouse. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I think that's, I think that's great. I, I, you know, we have different levels of goals and you know, some feel like they're like the really big reaches, but if you don't, if you don't set goals, if you don't have, you know, that vision board of the things that you really, really want, what's that high level thing, 
then you're going to limit yourself. You're always going to limit yourself. And maybe you get it and maybe you don't, but you've got to be able to dream it in order to pursue it. So I agree. Like, it's definitely like a pie in the sky dream, but like at the same time, like trying to get to that pie in the sky dream is also what has like made me grow so much in my career and like will continue to like push myself to grow in my career. And, and, you know, doors open, opportunities happen like all the time. And it's, it's never when you are looking for it. It's never when you want it, but something, something happens and it's like, oh, that now I'm supposed to look at that thing. Oh, uh, and so you, you keep pursuing it, but then, but you're, you do the work that you're doing now in preparation for that next step. Um, yes. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> so now this really has nothing to do with high school, but it has to do with like your adulting practices. So what are, I say three, it could be more, it could be less, but what are three self-care practices that you do now to help to center or regulate yourself? So the first one is I recently got back into dancing which I'm super excited about, plug for Spotlight Dance Ensemble. Um, (laughs) um, And like dance was always like a way for me to kind of center myself. And if I was like feeling a particular emotion, kind of like dance it out of me. Mm -hmm. And I think having that again has really helped like focus me mentally because like if I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling angry and it's Sunday, I'm like, time to go dance it out. Is this an adult, uh, like an adult company kind of thing? It is. It's 18 and over. Oh. Um, and they choreograph all their own pieces. And it's like just a great group of people. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I, I keep wondering if I should, if I should try joining something like that. Although my, my adult body, uh, my 50 year old adult body doesn't always. I, I feel like you could do it. <laughs> Um, what else do I do? I read. I've always really enjoyed reading. Mm. And so like that kind of like calms the brain in like, you know, like I try and read every night. So like, even if it's only for half an hour, it just kind of like settles everything that's going on inside of here. Mm. Pulls you out of your own head. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just like, I like creative outlets. Like I haven't been in forever, but I'm actually going back tomorrow for the first time in eight years. Um, so I used to do ceramics, like, and like paint ceramics and stuff. And like, I stopped because when I was commuting into the city, like I wasn't getting home until seven thirty or eight o'clock at night. And like, I'm like, well, I work from home. Like maybe I should do this again. And so like going back to like my artsy stuff. That's the best. That's the best. Man, the arts, you, you, you can't go wrong. There's so many ways to do it, whether it's performing or visual or tech. Or, there's so many ways to do it. Just, get, just keep your hands in it. It's amazing. That's amazing. Well, thank you, my Hillary. Oh, have you, been, have you been tapping at all? Like, did you, have you found a place to tap? Yeah, so I, in, the, in the ensemble, I, uh, there's one tap piece, so I tap. And it's to the 42nd street opening. And so it's super fast. (laughs) 
what goes around comes around that's amazing hillary was in uh 42nd street in her sophomore year you didn't do 42nd street wait i had that oh no you did not that's right that was in the 2006 that was a couple years after you graduated oh right crazy for you though they were sapping in that and i was tapping in anything goes Oh yeah, I, when I see that's the thing, I always try and capitalize on the talent that I know is coming up. So if I know that I have got a bunch of tappers, which at the time I I did, I'm like, okay, now we're gonna do a tap show. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the fun thing. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, thank you so much for joining me for this chat. So much fun. Yeah, looking back at high school, it's crazy. Yeah. It's also weird to be on this side where I'm being asked the questions and not like behind the camera making sure like the right questions are getting asked. Like this is a new experience. See, we I, I'm all about giving you giving people new experiences. This is a it's a new experience for me too. Like this whole concept of podcasting and and asking people questions and engaging in conversation because you're in extroverted introverted extrovert. I'm more of on the introvert side i can i can be extroverted but i'm much more happy you know sort of being quiet in a corner and so to engage people in these conversations you know luckily i get to control the question <laughs> and i have to say people... though you're a very good interviewer so don't cut yourself short good well this is coming from a pro so i'm i'm good about that i'm happy with that yeah <laughs> Well, thanks for thanks for that. And uh, join me next week for our next episode of Change for the Better, the Power of Arts in Education. Thank you.